Hello, my name's Jeremy, and I'm the pastor at First Christian Church in Valamosa Springs. I want to thank you for listening to our Sunday message. Our hope is that you find the words of this message to be inspiring and that it helps you to grow in your understanding and experience of Jesus. We'd love to have you join us this Sunday. We have gathering time from 10.30 to 11 every Sunday morning when we share breakfast and spend time with one another. At 11, we begin our worship service. We'd love to have you as our guest this Sunday. Enjoy the message. Our reading today comes from the New Testament, from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 35 through 42. The next day, John the Baptist again was standing with two of his followers. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two followers heard him say this, and they immediately followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them behind him, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Teacher, where are you staying? Jesus said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where Jesus was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John the Baptist speak and then followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon's brother. He went quickly and found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found God's chosen one. He brought Simon to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, a son of John, but I will now call you Peter, the rock. Ask Christians why they do the things that they do. From tithing to church attendance to Bible study to prayer, you ask them why they do those things, you usually get the same answer. Because I have come to believe that God, that Jesus should be the center of my life, should be the focus of my life. Indeed, God has made my life worth living. God's presence in my life has given me a sense of purpose. You know, it's phrased in a thousand different ways by just as many Christians, but there is a common underlying explanation of why we do the things that we do, and it's this. My life is better because I have God in it. And that's not just a feeling. That's actually something that's been proven through scientific experimentation. There's been proven that those who are active in their Christian faith actually sleep better, longer, and deeper than those who aren't. People who attend weekly worship are on average less depressed. People who pray, listen to this, people who pray 
and study their Bibles daily, according to a Duke medical study, have lower blood pressure than those who don't. One of the interesting things that came out in that study is that those who watch televangelists on TV, and this is kind of ironic, but but those who watch televangelists actually have higher blood pressure than the people who don't. They did a study on women. Sorry, guys, you got left out of this one, but they studied women, and women who attended weekly worship actually lived longer lives than those who don't. One of the doctors who conducted the study, who pulled all of this information together, said it's really ironic because those who spend most of their lives here on earth desiring to live in heaven actually end up spending more time here on earth. Of course, as believers, we know that those aren't the primary reasons why we want to live out our trust in Jesus. There's nothing wrong with lower blood pressure or better sleep or living longer. Those all sound like positives to me. But as Christians, we know that there is a deeper purpose for our faith in Jesus. As Christians, we know that we are more than bone and muscle and vessels and arteries. We believe that we are spiritual beings. And to be who we are truly created to be, we must be connected to our Creator, to the Spirit who made us. One of the earliest followers of Jesus, his name was Paul, and his words are recorded in a book in the Bible called Acts, chapter 17, verses 24 through 28. He said this, The God who made the world and everything that is in it, the Lord of heaven and earth, that God does not need human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And God marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their land. God did all of this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he really is not far from any of us. For in him we live and we move and we have our being. Paul is saying there that God is the source of our breath. That God is just not offering us life, but God himself is our life. Whether we believe in him or not, whether we pray to him or not, whether we worship him or not, Paul says every person who lives in this world lives in the presence and in the life of God. All we have to do is to reach out to him, to seek him, and we will find him. God, for Christians, Christians who have committed their lives to following the ways of Jesus, have found a strength in God for living that is found 
through that faith, through that trust in Christ. I was speaking to a guy a few years ago, and he came to faith in God later in life, and he came to his faith in God when he began to battle his addiction to alcohol. He said, I asked him, I said, how have you been able to be sober for so many years? And he said this, he said, when I was in the car and I would leave work and I was by myself, he said, when I drove past that store, he said, more times than not, I lost the battle and I pulled in. But he said, when I found Jesus, when I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior, he said, I found a strength. I tapped into a power that even on my hardest days, it carried me through. As I thought about his story, and I thought about my story and how much Jesus means to me of how my life has been deepened by my faith in God, how I've found meaning in Jesus as my Savior, I started to think this week, why don't I talk about Jesus more? I'm not talking today about church. We talk about Jesus a lot at church. Jesus is the focus of everything that we do in this place as his people. I don't mean talking about the church, the activities of the church, the history of the church, the ministries of this church. I mean, why don't I talk about my relationship with Jesus more often and with more people? Why don't I talk about how he's changed my thinking? How he's motivated me to live for a higher purpose? How he's challenged me to love and to forgive not only my friends, but also my enemies? How he has, he has challenged me to love others as I want to be loved and treated myself. I'm thinking of those moments this morning when I'm out and about in my community. And those moments come up when I have an opportunity to speak about my faith, but for some reason I choose not to. Someone once said that there's two basic motivating forces in the world. Fear and love. When we are afraid, we pull back and we close down. But when we're moved by love, we reach out and we begin to open up to those around us. I think so often I shrink back from talking about Jesus because I'm afraid. I'm afraid of being labeled as one of those crazy Jesus people. I'm afraid of being considered the stick in the mud who's always bringing religion into it. Sometimes I'm afraid that I might offend someone. Or worst case scenario, I might be talking about Jesus and start an argument that leads to the alienation of a friendship or a relationship. Sometimes I think that we are afraid that we might say the wrong thing. 
that maybe we don't know enough and maybe it would be better if someone who knew more about Jesus or had a deeper experience of the faith or maybe someone who is more gifted than I am, maybe they would be better at talking about Jesus with that person. You know, fear can be a paralyzing thing. A few years ago, I was up in Vito, Alabama. And if you don't know where Vito, Alabama is, don't, don't, don't be worried. Most people in the world don't know where Vito is. But it's a small community, and it's on the Alabama-Tennessee state line. And it's a community that was built on the Elk River. And years ago, there used to be a train that crossed that river. And Vito was a, was a stop along the way for that train. Up there now, there's still one of the train bridges, and I was up there with a friend, and we decided that we were going to walk across this this old train bridge. Now, I had walked across bridges before. Most of my life, I've been walking across bridges, but this one's different. Train bridges are different from other ones. Train bridges have slats. You have a slat, and then you have an empty space, and then another slat. And as you're walking across that bridge, between those slats, there's empty space. And if you look between and all the way down to the bottom, you see the river. I was about halfway across that train bridge when I realized I had a paralyzing fear of heights. Suddenly, I was frozen. And all that I could do was fall to my hands and knees and crawl back from where I started. It felt as if a train, even though one hadn't been on that bridge in 80 years, it felt like a train that day when that fear hit me. Fear is a paralyzing thing. And the truth is it can paralyze our witness for Jesus too. How do we overcome that fear of talking about Jesus? How do we become like Andrew this morning in our Bible reading, who was so excited when he found Jesus, the chosen one of God, and Jesus showed him an experience of God that he had never known before, and he was so excited about that that he instantly goes to his brother Simon to invite him into a relationship with Christ. How do we get to that point where we can be like Andrew? I want to give you three ways today to help overcome fear. These are in no way comprehensive ways or the only ways to overcome fear. Actually, these three ways were not even written with Jesus or the church in mind. But I think that we can draw some wisdom from these three things to help us be more open to talking about our faith with others. The first one is we have to let go of the idea of perfection. We don't like making mistakes. We don't like saying the wrong things. We don't like being embarrassed. And we spend a lot of our energy as human beings, trying to hide and to minimalize our mistakes. 
so that we don't get embarrassed around others. We have to let go of that idea of perfection and really embrace the idea that we all fall short, that we all make mistakes, that there are times when we all say the wrong things. And when we begin to talk about our faith in Jesus, we can't expect it to be a perfect sermon. The truth is people don't really want to hear sermons anyway when they're standing at the schoolyard or they're standing in the grocery aisle or we meet them out in the street. They don't want to hear sermons, but they do want to hear, they do want to find, they're seeking the experience with God that we have. And there are times in life when their hearts are open and God gives us the opportunity to talk about Jesus with them. Let us begin to think about not preaching the perfect sermon, but being open to talking about what Jesus has done for us, how Jesus has helped us through a difficult time in our life, to tell them maybe how Jesus gave us comfort and direction when we felt confused or we were headed in the wrong direction. If we focus on telling our experiences of Christ, of Jesus, it helps us to let go of wanting to be perfect. The second thing we can do is plan. You know, we're the most fearful and we're the least prepared. Maybe as part of letting go of our fear of talking about Jesus is to really start thinking intentionally about talking about him. Look at how Andrew this morning in our Bible reading When he leaves the the house where Jesus is staying, he has one person in mind. He says, I'm going to find my brother Simon so that what I've seen, what I've heard, what I've felt in Jesus, Simon can feel that too. We need to think about intentionally who God may want us to speak to about our faith. We may need to take up the mantle this morning of Andrew, who goes and talks to his brother. Maybe yours is a brother or a cousin or a co-worker or a neighbor or someone who's new in the neighborhood. But you sense a, a desire, a call to talk to that person. Begin now to think about the steps that it takes to get to that point of sharing your faith in Jesus. The third thing that we can do to help us overcome our paralyzing fear, and it's a challenging thing, but every day we need to do something that takes us out of our comfort zone. You know, we're all at different places in our spiritual journeys. And truly, we're all at different places in our ability and in our openness to talking about Jesus. We need to recognize that some of us are extroverts, and maybe that comes a little more naturally to us, but some of us are also introverts, and it takes us out of our our comfort zone. But we need to every day begin to reach out a little more to those around us. Maybe today it's simply saying hi 
and tomorrow it leads to a good morning, and the next day to a how are you doing. But each day we can take a step, one more step, that takes us to the point where we can have that opportunity to speak of Christ when God opens up that door for us to share our experience of Him. There's an important rule, though, that we need to remember. We cannot tell someone how much they mean to God until they first know how much they mean to us. We have to build real friendships, true relationships with those people that we want to share our faith with. They need to know that we truly care about them, that our love is an authentic love, that it is a love that wants to know who they are, where they are, what they're experiencing. And as they begin to sense how much they mean to us, then we can take that step of explaining to them how much, of sharing with them how much that they mean to Jesus. You know, we all know that Jesus brings us salvation and joy and peace and strength. We all know that our lives and the lives of our friends and families would be more fulfilling if they knew Jesus like we do. We all sense as disciples, as followers of Jesus, that we are called to go out and to make disciples, to make new followers for Jesus. This week, we can strive to let go of the fear. We can embrace love and begin a conversation about the God who means so much to us.